Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day, and welcome uh, to Not Just a Sports Report. Very windy, a bit of an unpredictable Melbourne evening, uh, but it's not a weather podcast. It's actually the first ever audio edition of NRLW, that's a W for woman, uh, Hype. Basically a preview podcast, but I said Hype. I've been doing posts on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. A uh, little bit of a preview. But yeah, putting things together like that and text-based posts and coming up with descriptive words, not as much my forte. So I thought once it hits finals, it's a bit easier to speak about it. Like it would take me like 20 minutes to make something that I can probably say in two minutes. So we're here. I'm going to try and keep this short, not blabble too much and just keep it to the point of what we're here to talk about, uh, which is the preliminary finals in NRLW. Uh, In my opinion, not even just my opinion, I feel like it's, I don't know if you can say fact, but I feel like it's a lot of people's opinion, best season of NRLW to date. And I think as well, what's most significant is each season we've seen a jump up, it's got better each year. Uh, But I feel like it's been a jump of serious consequence this year. You've got more teams than ever. Uh, I think the way that they spread talent across every team was really well done. Only really the Parramatta Eels uh, seem to struggle, and I'll talk about that a bit later in the podcast. But yeah, I really thought each team had some marquee players that was like no one got jibbed in that regard. We saw some really great young stars at a lot of clubs, Gold Coast Titans, uh, who we'll definitely be talking about today. Uh, They went heavy with some really good young stars. Uh, Then you have Brisbane Broncos uh, and some of the signings they made. Mele Helfunga has been unbelievable. Gail Broughton, uh, who's come to the club as a 5'8". And yeah, just across the board, best season. Uh, Now what's in store today? We're going to start with the talking point. Uh, That is NRLW expansion. So I'll start with that. And yeah, it's very interesting given that this has been the best season yet. Is that a case? Like, let's just go another uh, 10-team season next year and let it play out. Maybe it's like a case of let's just, you know, get a Parramatta Eels up to their full capabilities first. So we'll start by talking about that point. Then I'll get into the two games, prelim finals this weekend, uh, Newcastle Knights. Gee whiz, they look on track for back-to-back. You've also got Roosters and two Queensland sides, Gold Coast Titans. uh, It's been interesting given they were never a top side uh, previously in the NRLW, and now with more teams than ever. That's This has been the year uh, we've seen the Gold Coast Titans 
genuinely become premiership contenders. I'll tell you that much. They could uh, they could pull off a big upset this weekend. You've got the Brisbane Broncos, who they are still that, you know, great benchmark team. But it's been a bit of a regeneration as we've seen more teams come in. We've seen these Broncos players uh, that were just seemingly unbeatable as a unit. We've seen them dispersed to other clubs. Think to Mika Upton, Millie Boyle, Tally, uh, Taron Aiken. I don't know who Tally is. But the Broncos, they've made some smart recruitment decisions. They still have, in my opinion, the best player in the league, Ali Brigginshaw, uh, who's just... Again, it's crazy. Like I said, how the competition jumped up this year uh, in every aspect. With it, Brigginshaw just went up to another level. And it's like, here's a veteran player, but you would assume her peak years uh, were when there weren't many eyes on the women's game. But yeah, I'll tell you this much. I'm doing an NRLW end of year pod, uh, separate from the men's one. I'll tell you this much for free. Ellie Brigginshaw may or may not be my player of the season. May or may not. You'll have to tune in. Such has been her form. So Broncos, Titans, they're in a competitive position from third and fourth. Roosters, they were my pick to win this year. We saw just a couple of weeks ago, uh, there seems to be a bit of a gap between them and the Newcastle Knights, who, like I said, on track pretty nicely for back-to-back. So after we've gotten to the two games, then I'm going to finish by talking about the other teams. And like I said, today's podcast, I won't go too long, uh, so it won't be like a full in-depth season breakdown, uh, but given that it's season over, we're doing the podcast for the first time, uh, I'll talk about all those teams at the end of the pod, and then we'll call it a day. So now, there's nothing else to do but get hyped, get amongst it, NRLW preliminary final weekend. Outside of the massive final series ahead, uh, there's really one thing right now uh, that the NRLW fans are really focusing in on. Expansion. Uh, immediate expansion as well for 2024. I did hear that Bulldogs have applied for a license. Uh, they do have a New South Wales Cup premiership side. Uh, so that would be interesting. And I actually was all for expansion. But it's come out that majority of coaches and a lot of players have voiced concern. And I think there needs to be a lot of weight uh, behind those comments. I mean, look at the NRL with the whole Rugby League Players Association thing. You do need to take uh, what the coaches and players are saying into account pretty heavily. So I was all for expansion, but they make a pretty good case and they haven't named any players or things like that. Uh, but the biggest concern right now is that it would hurt the quality of the competition, which I can totally understand. And then it points to a thing of like, why not, you know, give Parramatta Eels, North Queensland Cowboys, like that extra kicker, just have a few more players to share around, uh, to help it just be competitive across the board. 
So expansion, it's definitely, they're not saying we do not want to expand this competition beyond what it is. Not at all. The overall goal, I think you would want 17 teams, if that's what uh, is in the NRL. But there's no harm in building it up. I genuinely believe, again, at least in my opinion, NRLW, by far my favorite women's sport to watch. I watch a fair bit of AFLW. Uh, I mean, the FIFA World Cup was epic. But that's like a once every four years thing. Matildas in general, very epic. I pay attention to them as well. But NRLW, it has that secret sauce. I enjoy it as much as anything. Like just throwing the NRLW on. And there's so much raw talent, which I love. There are so many players who are just athletes or they come from a union background or a soccer football background. All sorts of athletic backgrounds, plus girls who've been playing rugby league their whole lives. And yeah, it's wild to think what what some of these players, like your Grace Kemp's, uh, Nail Williams Guthrie, and a few of the other ones, Mele Haufunga, are what they can do with more game time under their belt. So expansion in general, definitely a yes long term, but I think it's worth considering big time. I think it was like eight out of nine coaches or nine out of 10 or something. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Sorry, but it was pretty much all of the coaches, players voicing concerns. So as far as yay or nay, I think it's a nay for next year. But long-term focus, well, Bulldogs want to be involved, most definitely. Uh, And I think they're capable. For sure. The best strategy though, uh, keep it a 10-team competition next year. And like I said, let's build the Cowboys up. Let's get, you know, the Eels going. Some of the new sides that we saw this year. Maybe let's see them pushing even harder for finals next year. I think Raiders or the Sharks. Uh, and Dragons, who historically across the less team competition, are one of the dominant outfits. We want to see them get back uh, to their strong selves as well and be a real big finals, Chads. So I think let's focus on the 10 teams that we have. Bulldogs, Warriors make the most sense. And I'll tell you right now, I'm a Warriors man. Through and through. And we used to have an NRL team. uh, NRLW. (laughs) Whoops. And yeah, it's still good seeing, you know, Georgia Hale. Plenty of players. Uh, from those days, still in the competition. And I'm ready for a Warriors NRLW side, but it doesn't have to be next year. I'm not sure if they've even applied, uh, but it would be worth tapping into because it's like, New Zealand, let's look at our player pool. Let's pick some girls that are in New Zealand and then, yeah, bring over some marquee players, whatnot. But expansion, I'm all for it, but I think we hold off. Coaches, players, like I said, I just, I'm like, you know what? I feel like those two groups understand it a bit more deeply than I do. So I'm like, I'll take your word for it. Rugby union, though, uh, we're seeing a lot, at least in the Australian women's rugby union. They're just, I don't know the fine details of it, I apologize, but it seems 
like Rugby Australia aren't really coming to the party. Which, look, to be honest, that's not just at women's level. I think Rugby Union have a whole lot of problems. I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, But if Rugby Union do not get it together, I think not just Union, but a lot of female sports are within Australia and New Zealand. A lot of these athletes would be looking at the NRLW, the progress they're making, hopefully soon, at a full-time role where they can just make that, you know, their career and really go for it. Uh, But Rugby Union, I think, particularly Union, a lot of those female players may have a look at the NRLW right now, which is looking pretty bloody awesome. And I mean, yeah... How could you not want to get involved? Especially like, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen, and I apologize, but I haven't seen a Super Rugby women's game, I don't think. They may have been on TV that I could have seen at some stage, but I mean, NRLW, it's so easy to access. To be honest, I don't even get access to Super Rugby men's because it's on Stan Sport. So, yeah. There's a lot going on with Rugby Union. And my vibe, I'm a Kiwi, like I said, so all blacks, you know. I love Rugby Union as well. But I'm just like, whatever, especially in Australia, it's like you just, you want to be a private school game. And they're not haters or whatever, it's not like a haters system. But it's just kind of elitist. And then it's like, you know, if you come from a different background, socioeconomic background, but you're fucking good at rugby, excuse my language, then we'll bring you in. But yeah, I just was like, it always baffled me when I got to Australia from New Zealand and went to high school. I'm like, why is this just like such a private school thing? It is in New Zealand as well, but yeah, we're not here to talk about union. A lot of them though, I think, in the next few years. How could you not? You look at how few of the stars have crossed over this year. You look how they're going, uh, at least within Australia, I think a lot of them are going to be having a look. So as far as expansion, I think it's always worth getting a little bit creative as well, which the NRLW has. Sometimes you look to other codes. Rugby Union, definitely one of them. Uh, And I I think if NRLW can fast-track some kind of full-time system, Uh, rather than the part-time training that a lot of the players are doing now, then, boom, I think you'll have a lot of rugby stars. And I know Eddie Jones, he's taking a lot of the male rugby union players, but it might just be, you know, it might be a masterstroke play to be like, all right, you can pinch a few of our guys. We're going to take all your best girls think it's worth considering so 2024 expansion i am going to say no but when the warriors come back i'll be all for it uh, bulldogs if they've applied for a license i think now it's worth putting things in place i mean at the bulldogs you've got someone like phil gould he has the right people there to set pathways up look at how the bulldogs uh, some of them are the men's teams are going from, re- not the fucking NRL again, excuse my language, uh, but all the other grades 
Bulldogs are killing it. They're in the under-21s grand final. Uh, so they know how to get their pathways. Now I think it's worth talking to the dogs, saying, we're not going to put you in next year, but let's start to work out a plan of what this looks like, maybe 2025. Sorry, I kind of rambled on a bit. I went on a union tangent. Let's stick to the plan, SpongeBob. We are going to move on to the two games. Preliminary final action, and we are going to start in Newcastle. What a treat we have on finals. Finals, I guess, on Friday. Oops, a daisy. Uh, Friday. Banger. Banger. Um, historical banger as well. If you want to take in uh, to context the history of the NRLW. On one side, you have the away team, the fourth-placed Brisbane Broncos. And you want to talk about NRL history? Greatest outfit of all time. That cannot be disputed. Three NRLW premierships. They were on top for the longest time. Last season, though, Brisbane dipped a little bit. Now, we've seen this year, some of the additions they've made to the squad have just complemented the side perfectly. So one side, you have the greatest outfit in NRLW history. Of course, many changes over the years. One constant, Ali Brigginshaw, still there, up against the first place Newcastle Knights. Now, why does this have relevance uh, to the overall historic context of the competition? Broncos, the greatest of all time. Newcastle on that trajectory. They are looking to challenge one premiership is almighty, but it's definitely not enough uh, to really raise the debate over the greatest team in NRLW history. Two premierships, though, all of a sudden, you know, we're starting to, we're starting to get into that conversation. Of course, Newcastle doing it uh, with more teams than ever, if they can do it this year. They've only lost once. That being to the Cowboys, uh, which is a pretty interesting slip-up, given the Cowboys slash Cowgirls uh, didn't have the strongest of seasons. Uh, But outside of that, Newcastle have just been on a tear. Seems like they are in a league of their own as well. Uh, When you look at the game against the Roosters, second-place Roosters, just a couple of weeks ago, Newcastle were far too good. So right now, we're looking at the Knights... The trajectory says back to back. Isn't it just poetic that the team they need to beat to qualify for a second consecutive grand final are the Broncos? This just makes sense, doesn't it? It's like the saying, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Except it's woman. So to beat the woman, or be the woman, you've got to beat the woman, which historically are the Broncos, but right now, the Newcastle Knights. seems to be their competition. And now Tamika Upton, the fullback for the Knights, of course she was involved in that epic Brisbane Broncos run. So Tamika Upton, tell you what, back-to-back premierships, all of a sudden she really cements herself uh, as one of the all-time greats. So like I said, banger. 
Knights up against the Broncos. I'm going to go through the team lists, give a quick team preview, or game preview, rather, if I can speak English properly, and then I'll give a prediction. Predictions today, not so important. It's more about uh, the preview. I actually, in the early Instagram posts, I did give my tips, and they were kind of crap, so I was like, maybe I just stop. Maybe I just stop giving them out and make it more of a preview. Uh, but I will give my crappy tips, so brace yourself. Let's start with the Broncos team list. Of course, this game, McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. So Newcastle fans, obviously a painful exit from finals up against my beloved Warriors. Uh, but this is going to be major. I feel like Newcastle are really going to turn up for this team here, get behind the team, and I think the faith will be repaid. I know it sucks that the men went out in the fashion that they did, but the ladies are looking to go back to back. So the fact that this is in Newcastle, and especially given right now where everything's at, uh, of course, everything that happened last weekend in the NRL, well, I think Knights fans, they are going to be ready to pack this stadium out and really, really get behind this ladies team. Uh, but we'll start with the Broncos team list. Haley Maddock at fullback. I think she's done a sensational job this year. A really crafty player. And she's played a pretty decent role in getting this side back into the finals. On the Stings, Julia Robinson. Holy dooly. Uh, what a player. Massive fan of Julia Robinson. And when I feel like being a bit of a degenerate gambler, uh, which is quite often, Julia Robinson, she scores tries for me. And when she doesn't, I'm not one of those flogs who would ever message a player or even, you know, get annoyed. But more often than not, she scores a meat pie. And more often than not, I am a degenerate who'll put in any time try score a bet on. Uh, so yeah, Julia Robinson, one hell of a player. Scored a hat trick last weekend. And when you look at the strike in this team of who could potentially crack this Knights defense, Julia Robinson, unbelievable finisher. On the other wing, Ashley Werner. Uh, Werner. In the centers, Male Halfunga. Talk about her in a second. And Shanae Sizolka, uh, who is in unbelievable form right now. Uh, but Male Halfunga. Goodness gracious. I mean, we remember the game in the regular season where she scored four tries. Uh, that was one hell of a sight. And she's actually come over from New Zealand Rugby Union. I stand to be corrected as far as like her provincial team. I think it may have been Counties Manukau. Uh, but she was legit, like very highly regarded in Rugby Union. Has come into the Broncos side this year. Weapon absolute weapon and I think it's the biggest signing alongside Gail Broughton uh, as far as why Brisbane have been able to get themselves back uh, to challenging the top side so she's been a massive signing she's another one when I feel like being a degenerate to put her on for any time try scorer I did it last weekend actually Broncos to win Julia to score Melee to score didn't know Julia was going to score three times that's how world-class she is. So Melly Hafunga, Julia Robinson, as far as the back five, I think they are the biggest strike weapons uh, for this Broncos team. 
and I'll park the gambling chat as well, usually my podcasts. I don't know, I just don't include it. I'll give picks out here and there, uh, but it's not about gambling. It's about the preview. But shout out to Julia and Malay, because they can score a phenomenal try. Uh, Gail Broughton in the 5'8 jersey. Uh, she played last year in the grand final for the Parramatta Eels. I thought she was one of their brightest stars last season playing fullback. Has come to Brisbane this year, transitioned into the 5'8 role, uh, similar to Emma Tonegato at the Sharks, playing alongside Ali Brigginshaw. Now this combination is where my bread is buttered. And Newcastle have an amazing halves pairing as well. But my opinion is that captain of Brisbane, Ali Brigginshaw, the halfback, I still think, uh, even at this stage of her career, right now, she is the best player in the comp. She just seems to have a complete game, uh, like, has all the tools. And then you throw in Gail Broughton alongside her. First season in the halves, she's still in general, are still learning the finer arts of rugby league and really developing her skill set. So the fact that she has Ellie, who's seen every level of the women's game alongside her, Brigginshaw just runs the team. And that's what makes Gail Broughton so dangerous because she can focus on her strengths, uh, particularly in games, which I think her running game is definitely one of those. And Brigginshaw, she'll handle the kicking. Uh, She'll often be the one, you know, getting the try assists and really creating the play. Gail Broughton, though, I think there's a bit of danger here that she could get loose and, uh, yeah, cause a bit of trouble in the Hunter Valley. Uh, So that's for Brisbane, my key area, the halves. Gail Broughton, Ellie Brigginshaw. Uh, In the prop forward position, we've got Tafito Lafaeli, young forward. Big game for her up against the Newcastle Pack. Number nine, dummy half for Brisbane. Actually, my player of the week for the final round of the regular season, Destiny Brill, very talented uh, player, had four line breaks last weekend. So her running game out of acting half is elite, and she understands the team around her really well, knows when to run, knows when to give her halves early ball, or knows just simply... Uh, to get one of the big forwards going forward. So Destiny Brill, uh, I think she's a massive key here and the spine in general for the Broncos. Uh, in the prop forward position, Brianna Clark is definitely a gun. It's going to be a big assignment as well. I really rate uh, the front rowers for the Knights. But Brianna Clark has been up amongst the best front rowers in the comp this year. And I think the rotation as well uh, with someone like Chelsea Leonard Dozzi coming off the bench. I think that's another big key, is that middle of the park. So players like Destiny Brill, Brianna Clark, they're going to need a massive game. And I think they will have one. It's just Newcastle. Newcastle right now, it seems like it's going to be a lofty task. Similar to how people are looking at the Broncos and Penrith, in the NRL, of like, are oh, these these teams are destined to be there grand final week. It seems like that with the Knights, but Brisbane, I mean, they're not just showing up there uh, to roll over. 
and let the Knights have this moment. And we saw last year, uh, as recently as the last final series, two shocks, at least one major shock last year. Roosters, with Racine McGregor at halfback, Zahara Tamara at 5'8". Unbelievable. It looked like their competition to win, they slipped up against the Parramatta Eels. And given the size of the competition last year, uh, the Eels, uh, basically, that Eels side, I don't think, would have qualified for finals in the 10-team competition. So it was a massive shock. Nobody, well, I definitely didn't see the Eels beating the Roosters in that game. And yeah, it just reminds us, Rugby League, it's a funny game. So Brisbane Broncos, do not count them out for a second. A very elite back row, Tasman Gray, Romy Tietzel, and Mariah Denman. On the bench for Brisbane, Lavinia Gould, very quality player. Uh, Jasmine Fogavini, Chelsea Lena Duzzi, who I think, interestingly enough, she's been playing off the bench, but she's been in the top handful of front rowers this year as well. She's been massive, putting up huge numbers. So despite the fact that she's on the bench here, uh, she is a key player for the Broncos. And Lauren Dam, she caps it off in Jersey 17. So that is the Broncos side. Now for the reigning and defending premiers, the Newcastle Knights. Uh, last season, their best by far. Uh, but then this season, they've just gone to another level. They are clearly the front runners in this competition. Let's go through the team list, shall we? Former Broncos Premiership winner, Queensland star, Australian star, Tamika Upton. You're not really going to get much better than Tamika Upton, to be honest. She is such a gun. It seems like when she runs in open space, like she glides, she just has very smooth movement. Uh, she's got the complete package as well, kind of like I spoke about Ali Brigginshaw, how she can cover a lot of areas uh, throughout the game. Very much the same for Tamika Upton, always making incredible amounts of meterage uh, throughout games. And she's a top contributor. So Tamika Upton up against her former side. What's she go Is she going for her fifth premiership? Which would, yeah, far out, I believe. If she goes on to do this, nobody, nobody will rival. Someone fact check me if I'm wrong there. Tamika Upton, though, wowee. She is carving out quite the legacy. Uh, on the wings, Sheridan Gallagher. Uh, my friend Declan texted me the other day. We were talking about NRLW. First player he bring up, Sheridan Gallagher. Uh, she's had a fantastic season. I believe she has a football slash soccer background. Now, here she is, prelim final in the NRLW. Jasmine Strange on the other wing. A very fun earlier this season. We saw John Strange, her father, coach the Roosters NRLW. Same weekend, Jasmine played for the Knights and her younger brother, I believe younger. Um, someone fact check me if I'm wrong. Ethan Strange at the Raiders. I said the Strangers, holy shit. Something in the water there. Something in the Strange household. These Strangers can play footy. We saw Ethan uh, score a hat-trick in the Origin under-19s. 
But it's not about Ethan. It's about Jasmine, and she has a gun on that left side. In the centres, Abigail Roach and Shanice Parker, a very, very dangerous centre. And the centre battles uh, interest me a lot for both sides. Georgia Roach in the 5'8 jersey and Jesse Southwell. That Newcastle Knights number 7 jersey, a very famous one. And like, as far as the men's, like, I mean, this year Hastings was amazing. Adam Clune played his role to perfection. Uh, but we haven't really ever seen on the men's side someone own that Knights 7 jersey since Joey Johns. Jared Mullen was kind of positioned to take it. Scott Juro. I mean, we've seen we've seen some guys, but they haven't ever been able to find that superstar number seven. Mitchell Pierce was there for a while. Now, Jesse Southwell. Young as hell as well. So her best years still in front of her, already an international she was the not just a sports report rising star last season, came in, took the competition by storm. Here she is. Already, I think she may still be in her teens going for her second consecutive premiership with the seven on her back. So certainly not a passenger. Ah, now, let me just have a sus front row. I rate them a lot. Said it before. Taylor Predabon, who came over from the Roosters, and Caitlin Johnston. I mean, the key, really, and the recipe for success, those two lay the platform. And that is exactly what they've been doing. Newcastle, get off on the back of it. You've got Olivia Higgins in the number nine. Such a quality player. Uh, of course, there wasn't room for Emma Manzelman. We saw how she went at uh, the Cowboys. So the front row, uh, I really feel this is where the platform's laid uh, for Newcastle to go on with the job. Blayshon Albert-Jones in the back row, alongside Yasmin Clydesdale. Maybe once this year, twice maximum, she's missed my team of the round. She's been there consistently. Uh, I believe she's the best back rower in the comp right now. And... I wouldn't argue, honestly, uh, if she got the Delian medal this year. I think she's had that kind of season. We don't really see back rowers are preferred. And Tamika Upton, I think we'll get a lot of votes. And I have someone else in mind who I think will get it. But Yasmin Clydesdale, not just one of the best back rowers, uh, I believe one of the best players, full stop, in the comp. So Yasmin Clydesdale, absolutely a key player in this one. And Hannah Southwell, sister of Jesse, captaining the side at Lock Ford. For the reigning champions on the bench, Nita Maynard, Tiana Davison, Kayla Romaniuk, and Jacinta Carter. So there you go, you have the teams. As far as the game itself, this is so hard to tell. I mean, my key battle, halfback, Jesse Southwell, up against Ali Brigginshaw. I really feel like the Knights, I mean, just based on what they've done over the entire course of the competition, bar one minor slip-up. Other than that, they have been dominant. So it's hard to envision them losing. Ali Brigginshaw, though, like how... Yeah, I just... 
I can't go against her lightly. Then I see Julia Robinson, Melly Halfunga, and I'm like, there is some serious weaponry in this Brisbane side. I think it's one up front, and that is where I do give the Knights an edge. Uh, although Brianna Clark for the Broncos, I think if she can really get involved early, and then you have Chelsea Lena Dizzy coming off the bench, gee whiz. Gee whiz. It's going to be pretty colossal in the Ford packs, uh, and there is serious spark across both back lines. I'm going to take the Newcastle Knights as far as my prediction. Purely like how, it's more like how can you go against them right now. But I think the Broncos are a real threat. So cannot wait to sit down on Sunday and watch that one. And of course, I will be doing weekend wrap podcasts. Uh, There'll only be two for the final series. Uh, But after the round is done, once we are locked in, know who's in the grand final, uh, I'll sit down and record a weekend wrap podcast. So today, mainly about asking some questions, having a look at what's ahead of us. Weekend wrap, we have some answers. We'll know. Are the Knights right in the frame for back-to-back premierships, or are the Broncos going to shock the competition? And I mean, from there, they really could etch their name in history even further. They bank a fourth premiership? Boy, oh boy. It's going to be one hell of a way to start the prelim finals. But the best part is, that's just the start. And we've got another one coming right up. So I'm going to take the Newcastle Knights. Who knows that? That's the beauty of rugby league. But, but, banger. Banger alert again. I know. Two games and they are both bangers. This is why I'm loving the NRLW. We got the second placed Roosters Allianz Stadium in Sydney. Up against the third placed Gold Coast Titans, who I must say, I've loved the mix of experience, names like Georgia Hale, and young players like Shante Kiriaratu. There are some young girls in this side that if the Titans can hold on to, wowee. And they're Queensland girls as well. Uh, so we'll go through the team lists. I'll give some thoughts on the game. And then, yeah, we'll get on to the end of the podcast. Roost is my pick to win this year. Gold Coast, I didn't see them being quite this good. They've exceeded my expectations. Uh, but now, going into this one, we could be poised for an upset. We could be poised for a big upset. Last year, the Roosters at this stage were shocked, stunned by the Parramatta Eels. Gold Coast Titans of 2023, they are a stronger side than the Eels, and I mean that very respectfully. But the Roosters, with some big additions like Millie Boyle and Taryn Aiken, well, they're a better side as well. That is why this is a banger game. Uh, so 4.15 Sunday, so we're going to get back-to-back NRL finals, or NRLW, my apologies. Vania Politi in the fullback jersey. Gee whiz, she's the X Factor for the Titans. That much we know, she's a tackle breaker, she's a try scorer, she is a world-class athlete, 
and with each passing game, she just gets better. So if you haven't actually watched the NRLW, if you're not sure who Vanya Politi is, best way I can sum her up, she's like a fine wine. She just gets better with age. In fact, she gets better and better every game. Uh, so I'm sure when John Strange, coach of the Roosters side, sits down, uh, breaks down the Titans' biggest threats, Vanya Politi, probably the first one, first name that's going to come up. Uh, so she is a massive danger. And for the Titans, well, she's the one that gets them on the front foot as well as their front rowers. Uh, she just has spark. She is the X factor for the Titans. No doubt about it. Uh, now on the wings for the Titans, Karina Brown and Destiny Mino Sinapati. A very quality young player. She's one of many in this side, like I mentioned. Uh, this is really just the beginning. We're only just scratching the surface. So for Destiny, final series here. And look, next few years, uh, she's only going to get better. So massive experience for her here. Jamie Chapman in the centers, uh, another major strike weapon for this Gold Coast side. She will undoubtedly be up for this big game. Uh, these ones just seem to suit a player like Jamie Chapman to a T. Then you have Niall Williams-Guthrie uh, in the centres for Gold Coast. Now, she is still plying her trade, uh, developing as a rugby league player, which is wild to think because it looks like she's been playing her entire life. She is another one uh, for Gold Coast who is going to be really important in this clash. Then in the starting halves, Shante Kiria-Ratu. Unbelievable young player. Uh, she's a Queenslander. I believe someone fact-checked me on that if I'm wrong. And we saw her and Sienna Lefipo, who's now, I apologize if I say that, I said the last name wrong. I need to brush up on that for the next pod. Uh, but Sienna and Shante were the starting halves uh, for quite a bit there. I think that kind of tells us Gold Coast over the next three to five years, you know, what they're cooking up. Two really good young players who they're getting a taste of it this year, but it's beyond that, isn't it? Because they've actually played super important roles in guiding this team, key position players, uh, to a finals appearance here. So Shante Kiriaratu in the number six jersey, she's hard to stop. I'll tell you what, uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was my player of the round. So that was across the whole competition. So she's young, but the girl can play. No doubt about that. Lauren Brown in the number seven. She's iced some results this year. Her field goals have been a bit of a difference between them missing out on finals and qualifying. So Lauren Brown, really key player. She adds a bit of experience alongside the promising young halves. So Brown will start at halfback. But my key area, path to victory for the Gold Coast, that is their front row. Shannon Martor, Brittany Braley-Nati, and Jessica Alliston. Now, Shannon Martor in particular has had an enormous season. Career best, most definitely. And she's been, I would say, the best front rower in the competition, which is vital here because the key matchup, she's taking on Millie Boyle, the marquee signing for the Roosters. When Millie Boyle has played... Premierships 
have followed. She transitioned to the Knights last year and goes on to win a premiership later that year. So Millie Boyle has been regarded over the last number of years as the pinnacle of front rowers. Shannon Martor, I'll tell you this much, uh, she is going to be a handful. So Millie Boyle thought of as the premier front rower in the world. Shannon Martor will not be intimidated. And she's got Jessica Elliston alongside her in the pack, a former Bronco, and playing in the middle. Jessica. I mean, a lot of us have been looking at Shannon Martor. She's been gaining uh, a lot of the raps. She certainly hasn't been let down by her Ford Pack member, Jessica Alliston. You have Brittany Braley Nati uh, at dummy half. Very crafty. We saw last weekend in their game against the Raiders, she tore Canberra to shreds. In the back row, Zara Canfield, Shaley Bent, former Dragon. I thought she played her best game in Gold Coast Colors last weekend. It's a very good preparation for a game like this. And one of my favorite damn players in the whole competition, arguably, that was not an English word, arguably, sorry, uh, the most important player for the Gold Coast. I have Politi as the X Factor. I have Martor and Alliston as key players. But Georgia Hale, I think, is the most important. Captain, a former warrior, once a warrior, always a warrior, I believe uh, she's, her partner is Sam Lissone, former warrior. Again, someone fact check me if I'm wrong in that. Uh, Georgia Hale has just been unbelievable. She's been in Team of the Week most rounds. Uh, I also do a Tough Stuff nomination, and she's won Tough Stuff more than anyone. She tackles the bloody backside off. She gets so involved. And I mentioned the middle forwards, the front rowers, in Martor and Alliston. Georgia Hale also playing in the middle. She's going to have to contain Keely Joseph and she'll also be going head to head with Millie Boyle. So Georgia Hale, uh, defensively, she's not going to let anyone down here. Uh, so that's going to be the key for the Roosters. They have a lot of attacking weaponry, but they're going to have to find somewhere else. If they can go through the middle of this Titans pack, then I think Roosters, all of a sudden, their premiership stocks rise because I think that's the biggest strength for Gold Coast are their middles. Then we cast our eye over the interchange. Nice mix of youth and experience. Uh, Sienna Lofipo. Sorry again if I said that wrong. She's another young gun. I spoke about her briefly. Uh, she'd been playing halfback. And this is only the very start of her career. So the fact that she's even on the bench here says that, yeah, she's a big-time player. And I think over the next three to five years, like I said, Lofipo and Akiria Ratu, that is a combination. Both Queensland are young rep players. Gold Coast, obviously, a Queensland side. So it makes all the sense in the world. If you can hear that scratching in the background, that's my cat. I'll let him in. I'll let him in. One moment. Okay, Teddy, my cat, has officially been let in. He was actually scratching at the door to tell me. And number 15 on the bench for the Titans, Stephanie Hancock. I mean, this is a veteran of the game. She's going to be really important here as well. 
Leading into this big game, a lot of young players in this team. You have a level-headed veteran who basically, she knows the do's and don'ts of these big games. She's lived it at this level for a long time. So Stephanie Hancock, uh, she's going to be valuable, not just with her on-field contributions, uh, but author, also, author, far out. Now I'm turning into Mike Tyson. What is going on? Uh, author, just her general presence and leadership. So I really like that. Sienna Lofipo, you've got the young gun, future of the club, Stephanie Hancock, level-headed veteran. Like the balance there. Uh, Riley Jorgensen in the 16, and another very promising young player, Danny Perise. So Titans, who knows? Experience, I guess, is the one thing you cast your eye over the side and say, I think Roosters have the edge there. But enthusiasm, who knows? If it comes down to who wants it more, the Titans have shown us many times this season that they can snatch a game at the death. And of course, last weekend against the Raiders in a highly important game, I mean, they totally outclassed the Raiders. It wasn't even close. And they did it from the jump. So they came out, statement of intent, uh, up against a high or strong Level of competition, great preparation for a game like this. And I think, ultimately, like you probably have to play the Knights at some stage. I think you take the Roosters first up, if you get them over Newcastle. So Gold Coast, they will believe in themselves, but let's get to the home side. My pick to win the Premiership this year, now, not so sure, looking at how the Knights are going. Uh, you got Corbin Baxter at fullback. She's a tremendous player. Uh, last weekend, scored a great try. And yeah, she just she's a gun. I'm trying to think of what else to say, but she's just a bloody gun, uh, Corbin Baxter. So whilst Titans have Ivania Politi, uh, Sydney Roosters, it's not like they don't have an ace up their sleeve in their fullback. So Corbin Baxter, she may just steal the show here. We may be looking at Ivania. Uh, but Corbin Baxter, she's a talent. On the wings, Mia Wood, a young gun. There are bloody, there's like over a hundred young guns this year. It's unbelievable. Mia Wood is one of them. Great young try scorer. Uh, on the other wing, Jamie Frezard. Uh, she was named in the centers last weekend. She's on the wing here. That's her natural position. And yeah, I've had some had some success. Backing her for any time try scorer as well. I think she could score one here. Don't don't take that as gospel, but I think she may score one here. In the centres, Bridie Parker and the captain, Isabel Kelly. Of course, no Jess Sergis. You put Jess Sergis in this side. Ooh. Ooh, bam. They're really going for the premiership. So it's a massive loss. Bridie Parker, a huge... Huge responsibility here, but she'll definitely be up for it. And Isabel Kelly, probably the premier center in the game. Captain's this side. And look, she's got a friend, Millie Boyle, at the club now. And they've got a pretty quality side. So I do think they can go one better at least this time around. Uh, in the halves, Taryn Aiken has come over from the Broncos. I'm pretty sure she's going to be my 5'8". Uh, in my NRLW team of the season. Such has been her form. 
Uh, yeah, crossed over from Brisbane and has just, just torn the competition apart, really. And with the Roosters losing two key halves, the signing of Aiken, they've clearly put the stock in her. And she is my X-Factor player. So for the Roosters, X-Factor player, I've gone Taryn Aiken. These big games, the clutch moments, this is when you have a marquee player uh, to really deliver the value and get the side over the line. So Taryn Aiken, she's my X-Factor for the Roosters. Jocelyn Kelleher, a really big responsibility for her as well. No Racine McGregor this season. Kelleher has warmed very nicely into the role. I shall be going head to head with Lauren Brown. And yeah, it's a big matchup for this youngster to cement herself as the Roosters' best option. In the forwards, Millie Boyle, the marquee signing. Like I said, when Millie goes, premierships seem to follow. So she is my key player for the Roosters. Uh, like Shannon Marto for the Gold Coast Titans, Millie Boyle. It's up to the Titans to find a way to stop her, if they can. I mean, Roosters, the most essential thing for their attacking weapons to thrive is that go forward. So it really does all start and end in the forwards. It's going to be up to who can impose themselves, who can be the dominant pack. Roosters, though, I feel like even if Titans, their pack gets the upper hand, I still feel like they got so much quality with the likes of Aiken and Isabel Kelly, where they can create something out of nothing. So for the Titans, it's going to need to be a full 70-minute effort, but we've seen many times this season. They've been up for it. They've been there down to the wire of a lot of games. So that prepares them well for this. Millie Boyle, can she get another premiership? Wowee. Like Tamika Upton, I believe she would be in the frame after her fifth, if she can get there. So unbelievable. Keely Davis at dummy half, another very important player for Sydney. Uh, Tiwila, sorry, I think I said that wrong. Uh, Tiwila, I apologize, I was definitely wrong. I'm going to brush up on that. Uh, Fotu Moala, she's up front. To be honest, I haven't like seen heaps of her this season. I think she's been playing, but yeah, I guess I'm sorry. I'm going to pay a lot of attention to her this weekend to make up for it. Uh, but she's got a very young, fresh face in her photo, so... Looks like this is one the Roosters have up their sleeve as one of the next generation world-class players. Atese Pule and Olivia Koenig. In my opinion, Clydesdale the best back rower in the comp, but Koenig and Atese Pule the best back row combination. Atese in particular this season has really taken the added role in the team and run with it. Now she's one of the star players and yeah, I like the strike that she provides on the edge. Then you've got Keely Joseph in the lock forward position. She's massive. Like Georgia Hale, and I mean that in terms of her contribution. Um, she is fucking pretty imposing as well, though, physically. That's why she plays in the forward pack. Uh, but Georgia Hale in the lock forward for Titans. Keely Joseph, similar role for Roosters. She gets through a ton of work defensively. An absolute workhorse. And with that, I mean, usually her team gets on the front foot from those efforts. Uh, on the interchange, Jolie Morris, 
Grace Hamilton, who is a gun, Maya Hill Moana, and Amelia Pasikala. So those are the teams. Uh, as far as the game itself, I highlighted the X Factor players. So if this game is there to be broken open uh, with a bit of magic, Ivania Politi for the Titans, Taryn Aiken for the Roosters, but my path to victory for both sides, right in that middle Ford territory. And honestly, I look at the Titans and I can see them getting on top there. In the back row, I think the Roosters have a lot of strike in the second row and also their centers that can give service to really great finishes on the wing. So there's a bit of danger if the Roosters can get that go forward because they have so much strike. So it's essential for Gold Coast to win the battle in the middle. As far as my prediction, I'm going Roosters purely because they were my pick. So just a bit of a pick and stick. But the Titans, like I said today, my pick is not super important. To be honest, my picks with NRLW sometimes are crap. They got better towards the end. But when I was releasing them at the start, I was like, these are crap. Stop putting this crap into people's life. So yeah, I'm just picking and sticking with the Roosters. But of course, I tipped the Roosters to win around the same time I was putting crap tips out. So was that the ultimate crap tip? We'll have to find out. I still think Chooks can do it. Newcastle, the front runners, and then we have our wild cards. Two Queensland sides. One regarded as the best of all time. The other, well, at any level, no premierships. The men's side haven't done it. The women's side have only just emerged. I tell you what, if there's a dark horse, if there is a smoky for a side that can really rock the competition, it's the Gold Coast Titans. This year, they've done it more often than not. They really have. See how I'm excited? I don't know which game I'm more excited for. Newcastle Broncos, obviously, so much history to be created there. But then you have the Roosters. They've been there or thereabouts for so many years. Gold Coast Titans. This is their time. They're young. They're on the front foot. Wowee. And I think even if Gold Coast go down here, their season is something to be proud of. And from here, this could be a launching pad for Gold Coast. Really finding their footing as a top side in this comp. Valuable experience to be gained. Can they gain the most important thing though? The W. We'll have to wait and find out. Very excited as soon as this game is finished to sit down and record the weekend rap podcast. So I'll talk about both games and all the action across the comp. But we're about to hit the hour mark. So now, very quickly, let's finish off by quickly talking about the teams that are done for the season. The other six. Then there were four. We're down to four. But let's say goodbye. C'est la vie. I think that, I don't even know if that's the right word. To the six, we farewell. Until next season. And yeah, let's get into that quickly before I say anything stupid. Too late. All 
Alrighty, so we saw our top four, Knights first, Roosters, Titans, Broncos. Uh, but I'm going to go from 10th up to 5th. Also, I'm hearing little whispers, little whisper, Warriors might be applying for a, uh, an NRLW license for 2025, though. I'm not going to stop whispering. I don't want to kind of suddenly surprise you with my voice. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I don't know why I did that. Like, oh, there were whispers. That's right. But I'm not going to whisper again. Warriors applying for a 2025 license. I think that could be the same case for the Bulldogs. I think we go one more year of the 10-team competition. Why? I think 10th place deals are a great place to start. Last year's grand finalists, totally unrecognisable team to last year. So... If you were a casual observer or didn't pay much attention to last year and just were like, oh, Eels, last year's grand finalists, you would expect them to go quite well. But even last year, they weren't one of the, you know, top sides. They weren't looking on trajectory to get the premiership until they were in the grand final. They shocked the Roosters. Uh, but I think it was a case of mass changes, more teams than ever, and it just seemed like the Eels were kind of the ones that suffered for that. So 2024, let's just park the expansion, give the Eels another year, and let's just try and get it that bit more competitive across the board. Because Eels have a great fan base. Uh, and the women's team do as well. A lot of good followers for them. So if they can get up and about, the support is there. They just need to get up and about, which, who knows, they could next year. I'm interested to see uh, what their squad looks like for next season. 10th place finish, only one win for the season. I think it's a case mainly of being victims. Not victims, this isn't an excuse by any means, but just being victims uh, of having to spread the talent around. And they were only really just starting to put together a team, and then it's like, boom, Samima Taufa out. Gail Broughton, uh, Broughton? Wow. Broughton out. And amongst many more. So it's been a tough season. There's been injuries as well throughout their team. They'll bounce back. There's plenty of time. But yeah, I think they are the best place to start as to why we should keep the 10-team competition. Let's just... Let's get the Eels thriving before... We introduce more teams because you don't want to get it to the point where the Eels kind of stay in the situation and then you introduce new a couple new teams and let's say there are two or three teams that are just too far off the rest of the competition. That's not what we want. So for the Eels, let's get them up and running. Ninth placed Cowboys had their first season in the comp. I don't know why they're not called the Cowgirls. Just saying, but... Whatever. Not that that's, I know there'll be someone who's like, world's world's so woke or whatever. I don't mean it in that way. I'm just like more of a simple kind of, it could just be cowgirls. Don't sue me about it. Yeah, first, first year in the comp. Didn't go totally to plan. The only team though, thus far, to have beaten the Newcastle Knights. So that tells us there's a bit of something there. Kira Dib, uh, I thought she was a standout player. At halfback for them, alongside Tallulah Tillett in the halves. 
Cowboys. This will take some time. Uh, but look, I know at least in the men's ranks, they have some unreal juniors. So who knows? Cowboys have a bit of a territory uh, around Townsville and other surrounding areas in Queensland where they could really tap into a pool of female talent that is a bit undiscovered. So Cowboys, they're just growing. It's season one, so hell yeah. Uh, in eighth place, West Tigers. I reckon they did so much better than... Like, the latter does not tell me the season that I watched. I didn't pay super close attention to the latter, to be honest. But, yeah. Tigers were way better than that letter suggests. Holy. Saratoga Tuki, unbelievable up front. Christian Pio, uh, just pff, bloody trying to even just rack my brain. Rickia Horn in the centers on that right side. She's a gun. Jakaya Whitfeld, though. She's my favorite player. That break against the Knights last week. Holy. If you didn't see it, go on YouTube and watch it unbelievable she's still young and they got kezi apps jakaya wetfeld there is my favorite she is such a gun west tigers i look at the tigers and i'm like they are not far off i know they sit eighth here this is a side if they can keep a bulk of that squad together wowie i think the tigers i think they could be playing finals as soon as next year I like what I see a lot. And for teams in their first season in the comp, ladder positions, not so much important. Let's just get the ball rolling. They've played way better than that finish suggests. Uh, seventh place Dragons, unfortunately, they kind of dipped this year. But Racine McGregor still at the top of her game. She's re-signed as well, uh, which is a key retention. But I want to give a shout out to Tegan Berry, my favorite dragon. She has been unbelievable. I reckon she'll be in the running potentially for the Dally M. Now, I don't know, team of the year, Tegan Berry, Tamika Upton, Ivania Politi. I, that just racks my brain. I just don't know. But for Tegan Berry, uh, she won the best player for the dragons this season. And when you look at their key positions, and you look at the key guns they've got within this side, Dragons, they'll come back. Uh, Alexis Taunui, I think I said that wrong, I apologize. She's a gun. First season, looked like it was her 10th. Looked like a season first grader. Uh, so Dragons, yeah, unfortunately, a 7th place finish. But yeah, I'm interested to see what their squad looks like as well next year. Tegan Berry, Racine McGregor. I can hang my hat on that and say they'll be in the mix. Cronulla Sharks. Didn't qualify for finals, but one of the more impressive new teams, Anna, uh, Emma, not Anna, that's not a name. Well, it could be a name. Emma Tonegato, Olympic gold medalist. I was the marquee signing. Jada Taylor as well, young gun. Uh, they had a, quite a few good players. Anessa Biddle. Holy dooly. They're a... Uh, Millions, it seems, of rookies this year who just killed it. Uh, and I am going to be doing in the end of year pod a rising star, which I also do for the men's last year one by Jeremiah Nanai. Anessa Biddle, 
She's right in the frame. Holy cow. Uh, sharks like the Tigers are a team that I can see in the finals next year. As soon as next year. And I think they'll be a premiership caliber side. So Knights leading the pack. Cronulla though in season one. We've seen enough to suggest that yeah, they're building toward something pretty special themselves. Fifth place. Raiders. Just missed out. Really disappointing effort against the Titans, uh, unfortunately for them. But no expansion teams made the final series. Raiders fifth place. Hell yeah, uh, they exceeded my expectations. And I'll tell you this much, I'm a Warriors man through and through. We all know this. But my dad from Canberra is a Raiders man through and through. So they, growing up, have always been played in the house, Raiders. If they play the Warriors, well, I always hope the Warriors will smash them. But other than that, like, I love the Raiders. So Warriors, not in the NRLW this season. Raiders were. So they were my team this year. Madison Bartlett, my favorite player. She's a gun. She's also a Kiwi. But Zahara Tamara, I thought she was the best player for the Raiders. Uh, Samima Taufa, just... She never lets anyone down either. She just goes so bloody hard. And I'm glad now players like Samima Taufa have this stage to shine on. Because, you know, they were always this quality player. And Samima Taufa, she's been at the Roosters. She's been at the Eels. Now at the Raiders. And still one of the key players in the competition in such an important position as well. Lock forward. So Raiders... This tells us they could be building to something very nice. Quality young stars as well. You've got Mona Lisa, Soliola, uh, Mackenzie Wiki, Holly Mae Dodd, I believe her name was. Was she, the, was she English? I apologize for not having this on hand, but I know they have an English back row who was amazing. I'm pretty sure Holly Mae Dodd. Grace Kemp up front. Ashael robbins Retty. RP Nichols, Raiders. They are my girls. I'll always support them. But I am hanging out for the Warriors girls to come back. Because they will be my girls. And I'll always be cheering for the Raiders girls. But number one, sorry to make this about me. It's not about me. But to finish off, I'm ready. 2024, I don't think the competition is ready. So I'm happy to wait. 2024, we shall bide our time. 2025, I will be well and truly ready for the Warriors to come back at NRLW level. And I think the competition will be too. If the Warriors men's side, my guys, can continue uh, to really make the nation proud this season and beyond, by the time the Warriors NRLW enters the competition, they could already have a wave of momentum behind them. Also heard a suggestion from Matty Johns, uh, someone whose opinion I take very seriously. I'm always interested to listen in his, uh, to his takes. He never comes out with anything that is so outlandish. It's just like, what the hell? Or he's not like a Paul Crawley who's just there to drive some crappy narrative. And Maddie John said he would like Warriors, or the NRL more so, 
to base the Warriors NRLW out of Wellington. And you know, just start planting the seed, see what the response is like there. I do not mind it. I think they could, I would like them to still play in Auckland, be able to benefit, uh, especially if they could play before the Warriors and really get a huge crowd. So I'd still like Auckland in the frame. But when Matty John said that, I'm like, I like it. I do like it a lot. So I think maybe if they play, I don't know, like a split of home games and they are the New Zealand Warriors women. I think Christchurch might be an avenue worth looking at uh, because as far as future expansion for New Zealand down the track, if it's not Wellington, it will most likely be Christchurch. And when you think about Christchurch with Rugby Union, I mean, what they've built there. Imagine if you could have a Crusaders-like NRL team, but I'm getting off track. This is, of course, we're finishing off the NRLW competition or podcast. It's not finished yet, so if this is your first time listening, my outros are pretty shocking. But to finish off, summarise, we're in for two bangers this weekend, and then we get a grand final next weekend. I'll be back our Sunday evening with the Weekend Wrap podcast. But to finish off, I am so ready for the NRLW Warriors ladies to come back. But until then, next season, I will bleed green, the green machine. Uh, but unfortunately, they're done skis. So were the other teams uh, that didn't qualify for finals. We'd now have four. When I next talk to you, we'll have two. And I may have to call off work because I think I'm going to have grand final fever. Holy, not going to swear. Um, and yeah, NRLW has blown my mind this year. By far my favorite female sport uh, at the moment to watch. And I don't think it's going to be too long uh, before we're seeing consistent big crowds at these games. And the best part... I'm <laughs> Fucking half of us are females. I'm not, obviously. So I say half of us. I'm the only one in the room. Females. Young girls now have the opportunity to watch rugby league and say, that can be me. That can actually be me. I think it would have been kind of hard growing up as a girl and being like, I want to be Darren Lockyer. The parents would probably be like, um, one, I don't think you can be Darren Lockyer. And two... There was just no legitimate pathway. Now, think about what the NRLW is. Think about it, what it could be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. And it's good to be on the train now. That's why I'm like, it's time to get bloody on board. I'd been watching it, but I was like, it's time. It's time to podcast. It's time to include it in the Instagram. Because NRLW, it's going to pop off. It is already popping off. So we shall launch into the final series this weekend and I will be back on Sunday with the weekend wrap. Thank you very much for listening and most importantly, enjoy the footy this weekend. Good luck to the teams still involved.